This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages. We are back for another episode of Big Time Baseball for Odyssey Sports. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smart ass on the radio, and with me as always, the legendary, the one, the only. Quite frankly, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you do not exist as far as I'm concerned. John Heyman. <laughs> How you doing, John? I, I think there are a few people who don't follow me, but uh, very nice. Thank you for that. Very nice introduction. <laughs> You're welcome, John. Uh, we are now an officially, I mean, I guess we can kind of call it week two of the playoffs. I mean, we w- got through a great, and I do mean this, a great wild card weekend. Um, I don't want to brag, but I was right about just about everything, with the exception of the Phillies, because the Phillies are just pure chaos, which is making them borderline one of the most fun teams to watch because you just simply don't know what you're getting inning to inning what do you got on the Phillies John yeah I didn't have that one correct you're you're much smarter than I am Uh, you know what in a short series they are very dangerous obviously Wheeler and Nola are excellent they have a terrific lineup you're right you do not know what you're going to get we didn't know Nick Castellanos we knew he could hit we didn't know he was a great outfielder as well (laughs) (laughs) They turned it around. I mean, look, the Mets beat them 14 out of 19 in the regular season, really pounded them. Of course, some of those games uh, came before Rob Thompson was installed as the manager. They have completely turned it around, uh, and they're alive. The Mets are not alive, and those were my two surprises. I'm apparently an American League expert only. Well, I mean, let's be real clear. Who... Who even picked the Phillies to get into October going into September, let alone <laughs> win their wild card series? No. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, well, we might you mentioned it, we might as well get into it because the wild card round had some early exits, and of course, there was the Rays, of course, there was the Blue Jays. We just mentioned the Cardinals who got knocked out by the Phillies. Um, I expected the Blue Jays because I really have a good feeling about the Seattle Mariners going into that series. I do not have the same feeling about them facing the Astros. But then again, I don't have that feeling about any team facing the Houston Astros. But it says here on the rundown, who's the biggest disappointment of the teams knocked out? Let's be real clear, John. It's the Mets. (laughs) It's the Mets. I had a witness that funeral. Boy, that was ugly. I mean, this is a team that was up 10 and a half games. All they had to do was win one game in Atlanta, of course. The Mets being the Mets, they do not beat Atlanta. You know, I I don't know what the reason is for that. You know, we know the Yankees have the number of the Twins, but it does feel like the Braves have the number of the Mets. Braves are a really good team. I get it, but Mets should be able to win occasionally. They didn't do it. 
put themselves in a bind. They were in a tough spot. I've been in a lot of locker rooms or clubhouses, we call them in baseball, that were really depressed and really upset. You know, even though they won 101, they were early eggs. It did not feel that way with the Mets. I think they were resigned. Once they didn't beat the Braves and they had this gauntlet to navigate and had to beat not only the Padres, who were very improved after the deadline, and as we know, but then they were going to play the Dodgers, and then maybe the Braves. We'll see about that. But, you know, I think they got it. They they needed to beat the Braves one game. They didn't do it, and that pretty much was uh, the end of the story. And I was blown away. Just every single network, like every network. It's not like one or the other. Everyone, when you see the, the you're picking the two teams, everyone's face had a Mets logo underneath them because no one gave the Padres a chance in hell to win that series. I really thought the Padres were going to win the series. Like you just said about the Mets going into the series, I didn't like the way they looked. I, you know, as much as you don't want to sit around and talk about culture and as much as we like to pretend that there isn't, you know, we, we look at baseball as finite numbers. Yeah, this is the numbers. This is what should be taking place. But there are intangibles that you simply cannot quantify no matter how much you want to. And you just mentioned that losing that series to the Braves. That was just a death blow to this team. Yeah, I feel like it was. I mean, again, they had to win one game, couldn't do it. And then, you know, they came up one game short there. They came up one game short against the Padres. They went out with a whimper, one hit. Musgrove was obviously fantastic. Give him credit. He did not cheat. He did not do anything wrong. Uh, you know, I understand the Mets. They, they saw the spin rate was much better. You know, I guess Buck Shoulders in a position where he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. He went out there, looked bad, no question about it. Musgrove was not cheating. He's a legitimately outstanding pitcher. He's one of the best breaking balls in the game, as Keith Hernandez told me from his hospital bed. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're good. He's good. They've got talent. And one more thing I'll say about the Padres versus the Mets. Padres went all in at the deadline. Now, Soto wasn't himself, still isn't. I don't think he's coming around. Bells did not do great with the Padres. Did have the big home run there against Scherzer. Uh, you know, Hader struggled initially. But, I mean, these are really good players. They are a much improved team. The Mets, they kind of rested on their laurels. They'd already spent $290 million. They thought, you know, one pick up here and there. You know, we already got a huge lead. You know what? They needed one more win somehow, some way, and they did not get the bullpen fix they needed. They did not get the right-handed DH. I mean, is it that hard to get? That seems like the easiest thing to fill, right-handed DH. They never did it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know there weren't a lot of options, but, hey, the Padres got a great switch hitter. They got a great left-handed hitter. They got a great right-handed hitter at the deadline. They went all in. They traded five great prospects. The Mets weren't willing to give up any great prospect. They bragged that they kept their 19 top prospects at the deadline. And now look where they are. They, they, they have those prospects, but they're out. Great. And here's the problem with that 19 prospects. You got 26 roster spots at the big league level. There is a solid shot. You do not see all 19 of these prospects, and certainly not for long term. Right. I mean, a prospect, you never know. I mean, the Mets have had many five-tool prospects who basically either got a cup of coffee in the major, really were, did not turn out to be what they hoped to be. They had an outfielder named Escobar. They had an outfielder named Ochoa. There's probably five or six. I don't even remember half of them. 
outfielders who are five-tool outfielders, you don't know. You, you don't know which ones are going to turn out. And you got to take your chances. You know, I don't think they – I think they were too timid. You know, I mean, I understand Contreras wasn't moved, so nobody paid the price. But, you know, the Mets went in there with a catching tandem that was good defensively, really not great offensively, did not have the right EDH, did not poke up the bullpen like they needed to do. I understand Scherzer's great. I understand uh, DeGrom is great, but you need more than one great reliever. I mean, Adovino and Lugo are pretty good, but you needed more than Adovino and Lugo, and they just didn't do it. That is true. They didn't do it. And, you know, there were other pitchers that were left off that roster. Taiwan Walker wasn't there. Taiwan Walker, who I've been very loudly trying to say to as many people who will listen, that he's been kind of an unsung hero of this Mets staff for not just this season, two seasons in a row, especially the debacle that was the 2021 season. So, uh, you know, the Mets are in a very unique spot here because they're hitting to an offseason where, as of right now, as of now, I should really say, they're losing DeGrom, they're losing Nimmo, they're losing Diaz, they're losing Bassett, Ottavino that you just mentioned, Lugo that you just mentioned. So the question is, I think Ottavino and Lugo are as good as gone, personally, but that's not because of any other reason. I just think they can upgrade those spots. There's no way DeGrom is going to be pitching for anyone but the Mets, right? No, I wouldn't say that's a definite. You know, he's very upset about that contract. He is going to opt out, technically not a free agent yet. He will... Not he will opt out, understandably. I mean, he's worth more than what's left on that contract. It's about thirty million guaranteed for one year left, plus a team option. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Plus, there are all these deferrals, so I get it. He's worth more. Even at 60 innings, he's worth more than a one-year deal, and he's going to get certainly at least a multi-year deal, at least a two-year deal. Some people get it, think he'll get a three. I did a poll for the New York Post. Someone thought he'd get five. I don't know. I think that's a guy who probably has a DeGrom bobblehead in his bathroom or something. I don't know. But he's going to get a good contract, much better than he's got. I would let him go through 64 innings this year, 4.3% of the season, 4.3% of the innings that they needed. I mean, is it really worth spending $40 million plus on a maybe? I think Texas might do it. I'm not sure who else. I, you know, to me, they got too many other issues this idea that this one-two punch is so great. I mean, if if the starting pitching was as valuable as they say, the Braves would have won more than one World Series. The Phillies, when they had Halliday and Lee and all the, those guys, they didn't win. They won when they had before, when they had Hamels and Blanton were their starters. I think the idea that this one-two punch is, uh, you know, gives you such an advantage, I think it's overrated. You know, I think when you get to the postseason – to me, I'd rather go spend the money on the bullpen. They think the bullpen is, you know, unreliable. I don't know. They're going to have to bring Diaz back. I would try yes. to bring Nimmo back. That's not going to be easy. Um, you know, they got a lot of work to do. They're going to have to spend a lot of money. They don't have the prospects that other teams may have. They do have Beatty potentially for third base. And 
Alvarez for catcher, if not next year, then a year from now. But uh, they're going to have to spend a lot of money. Fortunately for them, they do have Steve Cohen as their owner, so they do have a lot of money. They do, and it's funny. Nimmo is actually – Diaz, I completely agree. they got to bring him back. But Nimmo is such a unique one to me. I just yep. feel like Nimmo – Nimmo's a good ball player. I played with Nimmo. He's a great guy. Uh, but I feel like someone in Major League Baseball is going to overpay for Nimmo, and yep. Nimmo will never do what he just did this year, last two years ever again, and I know it's going to be the White Sox. Why? Because this just has White Sox written all <laughs> over it. It, it could be. I mean, uh, you know, they're a little short in the left lefty hitting department. Um, he would fit there. He'd fit a number of teams. He has been great the last, at least the last couple years. Um, you know, uh, we saw what Ellsbury, similar uh, skill set, um, get, what did he get, Hundred over $150 million yeah, like nine you know. years ago, right? It's going to be a large contract, probably a lot larger than any of us figured to start the year. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if he made as quite as much money as Aaron Judge with the year that he had, but he made a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the Mets could move Marte to center and, and live with that and maybe bring in a power hitter for right field. I don't know that it's going to be Aaron Judge. I think the Mets, like everybody else, thinks the likelihood is Judge goes back to the Yankees. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Nimmo was wearing that uniform an hour later, taking pictures. I don't know. Am I reading too much into it? Thinking, well, maybe he thinks this is his last day with the Mets, or maybe he just likes uh, photography. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, he's a free agent, so I think there's a decent chance that he goes. You know, I mean, he's not Aaron Judge, who's got, you know, got the judge's chambers, and, all the, and you know, he's got so many reasons to stay with his team. Nimmo could easily leave, and there are a lot of teams that are going to like him. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 